0: Welcome back to the podcast, my beautiful friends. I am Letitia Ringe, your host, and it's a pleasure as always to be here sharing this beautiful space with you all today. Today on the podcast, we have another very special guest interview with one of our incredible holistic business mistress mind members. We're talking to Catherine Gallagher. Catherine runs a global online yoga business called Yoga with Catherine, as well as mentoring yoga teachers on her Empower program, all about the business of yoga. She teaches yoga teachers how to live conscious, authentic, and highly abundant lives of service. Catherine's classes focus on compassion, acceptance, and self-love, combining both dynamic asanas with deep relaxation taught truly from the heart. Catherine's specialty is currently in teaching restorative yoga and yoga nidra or yogic sleep meditation for deep refuge for the nervous system. Now we are so lucky to have Catherine on the podcast today because we are diving into all things about building a business as a yoga teacher, one that allows you to thrive and also importantly to be financially successful. Now, I know that as a new yoga teacher, there are many issues new yoga teachers face, whether it's trying to build a business that's mostly offline and in person and then being caught up in the politics involved in yoga studios, or whether it's finding examples of people who have a yoga business that also includes a good portion of online work. What I also observe with yoga teachers is money mindset issues. So today I'm so excited to be talking to Catherine because she's the perfect person to be having this conversation with. And we're going to talk all about what are some of those common challenges that new yoga teachers face and also just yoga teachers generally. What are some ways of setting really beautiful boundaries and what are some of the common issues faced in studios and how can we overcome them? We're also going Going to talk about how to say no and have clear boundaries and exercise your power, how to have an abundant money mindset, social media ba- boundaries, and some of the key lessons Catherine's learned along her own business journey. Catherine's going to be sharing all about her own experience, pivoting from mostly offline based work as a yoga teacher to online work as a yoga teacher and some of the incredible options there. And we're going to be talking all about how Catherine's managed to build her business working two to four hours per day by focusing on the parts of her business that matter most. I'm really excited to dive into this because this is something that I take everyone through when we work together in my holistic business, Mistress Mind. The reason for this is when it comes to growing and scaling a business, what gets in the way of people scaling is often because we are trying to focus on too many things in our business. And this is particularly the case for people who are attracted to me and working in my community. We tend to want to do all the things we're multi passionate And it's also because this is exactly something I've experienced too. So my first port of call when we work together is to help you see exactly what to focus on in your business by letting go of all of the fluff that's getting in our way, which could include some of your amazing offers that we get very attached to. This allows more space in your business so that you can work less like Catherine is a really beautiful example of that. And also so that you're able to have more ease and impact in the areas of your business that are actually having the biggest impact to you. Now, this is really hard to see when it's ourselves that we're looking at. And this is why it's one of my superpowers. And then <laughs> and then the journey is really helping you to stay disciplined to that focus, right? Because what our mind wants to do is go back and do all of the things because it gets stuck in scarcity. And so I'm so grateful to have Catherine on the podcast today as a really beautiful example of someone who has really embodied this concept. So today's episode, while there's a big focus on building a business as a yoga teacher, this of course is relevant to so many other modalities. So if you're building a business and you'd love to know about empowering practices in your business and also what it takes to have a business that might be mostly offline and move it online and also what it takes to grow and scale a business then this episode is absolutely perfect for you. Before we dive into today's conversation, I want to let you all know that if you are someone who is interested in joining my 2021 Holistic Business Mistress Mind, which starts in January of 2021, I will be officially opening enrollment very soon. I'll be sharing the details in our next episode. And so I recommend that you make sure you're on the Mistress Mind waitlist at latisharange.com for slash mistress mind so that you are aware as soon as doors open for enrollment. There are only limited places in the 2021 mistress mind and already many of those places are full. And so if you really want to be in the mistress mind and up level and create your pathway to your six figure and beyond business and hit those amazing big business goals and create that focus and refinement that we'll talk about in today's episode in your business so that you can really up-level and expand your impact as a business owner, then make sure you're on the wait list, keep an eye out, and definitely listen to the next episode, which will give you all of the details. And without further ado, let's dive into our conversation with Catherine. Welcome, Catherine, to
1: the podcast. Thank you, Leticia. Thank you for having me here.
0: It's so wonderful to have you here, and I'm so excited for everybody to get to meet you today. So, to get us started, can you let our beautiful listeners know a little bit about who you are and who you serve in the world?
1: Yes, of course. Thank you so much. And hello, everyone. My name is Catherine from Yoga with Catherine, which is my global yoga business. I was recently specializing in retreats, but obviously with the current situation, I have now completely pivoted online. I teach predominantly restorative yoga, which is a very beautiful, gentle, nourishing space of refuge for your nervous system. I also teach meditation, private classes, and I also run my yoga teacher mentoring program called the Empower Programme which is a three-month online mentoring course. And I absolutely adore working with yoga teachers. Mm.
0: Oh, my gosh. So juicy, (laughs) all of the things that you have been creating. And you reminded me of something I would really love to talk about today, which is about that pivot that you've done. Uh, one of the beautiful things about 2020, with all of the, um, I guess, resistance we've all faced with, you know, having changes in our life, has been some beautiful new opportunities that have been presented for all of us. And so, for you, that is a pivot, as you mentioned, into more of the online space. And I'd love to just share a little bit about your journey how have you found that was it difficult to sort of like break away from your identity of how you've sort of shown up as a yoga teacher in the past into this new space what was that like for you
1: it was certainly a change and adjustment yes if we look at the word yoga excuse me sorry my voice Uh, It means connection. It comes from the Sanskrit yuj, which is Y-U-J, meaning connection. So to lose that aspect of teaching live was something that was really unprecedented. Such a change. And that lack of feeling the energy in the room that you would get from the audience, from the amazing students there lack of touch as well it's all been so much for <clears throat> the yoga teacher community to get used to yeah so i think it was definitely challenging during the lockdown times to show up but i felt that it was very much uh, a duty of care on my part or something that i could offer of value to nurture and nourish the community that i'm so lucky to have around this yoga that i offer So I started teaching live classes three times a week or online live classes, Uh, different styles of yoga. So vinyasa, yin and restorative. But you do miss that sense of connection. It's a different kind of connection. And I do think that yoga does transpire really well digitally, but it isn't quite the same, obviously, as the magic of being live together in a physical space. But I think the teachers that I know are doing amazingly well, it's brought up a lot of questions around money and what should we charge for this? Because obviously, it's still the same amount of time, but you aren't physically present with the person or the people. So how do you monetize that? How do, What value do you assign to that? So that's something tricky to think about something new as well. But I very much work with the teachers on this money, I like to call it money heart set rather than mindset because I think it's really from the heart where that comes from and it's a lot to do with your own self-worth, self-value, self-love even, it's really a practice. And people have successfully managed to do retreats online as well, I've been collaborating with a couple of other amazing global yoga teachers or communities and have offered things in that area. So there's definitely market for it and I'm so lucky to have my online program mentoring Mm -hmm. teachers from all over the globe. So I had considered at one point to mentor in person. I used to do one-to-one like that but the internet offers us this amazing opportunity to Think of ourselves as a global leader versus a small town yoga teacher, or well, that's how I see it, and any teachers who've come to me worried or complaining, perhaps i'll say, really, look at the opportunity you've got here because rather than being in one small space where you know we're limited in where we can get to physically, now you can be everywhere and actually of more impact of more service so I've tried to remap my mind into thinking that way. And it's definitely working.
0: Yes. I love that. The global opportunity for leadership. And, you know, I've observed this as well with, uh, because I love yoga too. And so I have a lot of yoga people in my life and a lot of yoga teachers who have been, you know, in courses I've done, or I've worked with yoga teachers and, so amazing. And um, what I've really noticed is because the industry has been around for a lot longer than say, for instance, life coaching, um, the the industry, there's so much more like um, people to, to look at and how they've built their career to date that goes back you know, I know it doesn't go way back, but it, there's a there's a standard, you know, that people have in the industry. And so when that happens, it can feel really hard to see other possibilities outside what we've seen, you know, our teachers do and our mentors and the people at the local yoga studio we work at. So I really feel for the yoga industry, this is a really like actually an exciting push to find new possibilities. And I feel like that's, yeah, that's really exciting. And expansive.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. And I have within the industry myself a few expanders, mm. people I consider who expand my mindset. And on that point, I use social media so carefully. Mm. I make sure that I use social media and don't let social media use me. <laughs> so I, I'd consider myself more a creator than a consumer. And I think most of the teachers I work with would say the same. And I say, make sure you have your expanders that you follow. They come up first in your stories or your posts because you'll go on there and you'll feel good. You'll feel inspired. And there is so much good that can come from that. And from these expanders, I've possibly worked with them, invested in their programs, their classes or their online courses. And I'm seeing... From a business perspective how are they using this time so the potential now for passive income as a yoga teacher is huge and I've been repurposing content making the most of everything that I create reusing it perhaps offering some really wonderful freebies for opt-ins if people join the community I also run a VIP Facebook group that was a diversity and inclusivity project. So offering teachers from all over the world the chance to share their current work as long as they give something of value to the group, perhaps a free class, and then they can share what they are currently offering. Mm. So there's so much scope to double up, triple up, quadruple up on something you're making it's not like it's taught live and it's gone forever. The magic of that moment is gone. It's, you can actually uh, package that up and re-offer it and let people do that in the comfort of their own home. And there's a lot to be said for that. So I think there is so much potential and it's good to see how other people that you like and inspire you are doing it and see what you can then create yourself.
0: Mm, I love that. Yes. Expanders in our life are so important. And that's one of the beautiful things about social media is that opportunity for inspiration. So I love the way that you've really um, differentiated the difference between social media using you where it doesn't feel intentional and you feel like you're just sort of getting swamped with the feed rather than, hey, I'm going on here for a purpose, it's to be inspired and that's also supporting me with creating my own content and having this, yeah, these beautiful ideas sparked from seeing um, what some of the other people in the community have been up to and what they're sharing and it's so collaborative and that's what's so beautiful about social media when we use it with that intention in mind. So thank you for sharing that. Catherine, I'd also really love to know while we're on the topic of yoga and yoga teachers, because this is an area where you support um, many people on, I'd love to know what are some of the top challenges for yoga teachers when they're, particularly when they're starting, like they've just gotten, they've just, just gotten qualified. They've just done their training and then they're getting, they need to make money. They need to start teaching. They want to start their business. What are some of the top challenges
1: that you see with your clients? Number one, for sure, is the dreaded imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something all of us have anyway, at every stage of our career, in any career, or perhaps even in our private lives. But it's the, I'm not enoughness. Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. It's the comparison with teachers who've been doing it longer. And comparison is so dangerous because comparison kills creativity. We look to others for the answer, but actually it can land up putting us off, thinking I can never do it. And actually we're not seeking to imitate someone else. We want to be authentic within ourselves and develop from there. So this is going back again to the social media point the way I use it with only seeing my expanders or the teachers I work with is also to stop me spiraling down the rabbit hole, that vortex into the darkness of comparison. I I don't need to see the prices everyone else is charging. I don't need to see the courses they've created. I'm going to focus on creating my own. Mm. I'm going to listen to my body to see what price feels right for me. And it's that sense of, you know, gaining power, feeling empowered. This is what I work with teachers on so much. But imposter syndrome shows up in different ways. So the main things coming up that I see are lack mentality. Mm. You know, there aren't enough, thinking there aren't enough clients or there isn't a spot for me anywhere. I don't belong in anywhere. I'll never get into a commercial studio. That's a whole other problem in itself because I think the studio system is pretty broken and you are paid peanuts. Uh, There's potential there to be abused in terms of your time, what you're paid. I I suffered a lot of that. There's also fear in imposter syndrome. So fear of the unknown. I transitioned out of the corporate world, previously legal world, then into corporate world, then into the yoga wellness world. And that is a risk. So that's definitely it takes courage you have to be brave and I work with teachers who are interested in doing that and they want to learn from someone who's done it before but there is a lot of fear in the unknown but what I think is that that's the spiritual path the spiritual path is falling in love with the unknown so it's <laughs> it's loving the unknown we don't we can't plan everything anyway so you could say all of life is really the spiritual path of the unknown but People cling on to this sense of control, or they feel by having the same amount coming in that monthly salary, there's a security and a stability there. And I can completely appreciate that. And for a lot of people, that is the right thing for them, of course. But if anything, COVID has taught us that even that isn't secure either. So we're never Mm -hmm. really in control of anything. So why not fall in love with that side of life if possible? so there's yeah the lack mentality the fear uh we talk about the inner critic voice coming up which can happen while you're teaching and that's pretty horrible just this abusive voice in your ear saying don't say that don't share that quote don't say that poem you sound so stupid but far far worse things than that so it's learning to separate your Ego voice that is the ego voice because the ego wants you to stay small, it doesn't want you to expand and push out of your comfort zone versus your inner best friend or higher self voice or inner voice, however you like to call that side of yourself. And it's uh, learning to trust your body, trust your gut or your heart, or where you feel your intuition lies. And the other thing I would say, one of the main difficulties for yoga teachers this is more from my story the hardest one I found was the loneliness of it Mm. because you qualify and then often working hours for a yoga teacher are early morning or evenings and then weekends when everyone else is off work and can go to class so this is a few years back when the world was how it used to be and it was so antisocial because the times when my friends were available, I was then working and you also need to be pretty on point. So you can't then be going out drinking or dancing all night or, you know, eating certain things because you need to get up super early in the morning and be on point ready to hold space for an entire room of adults. So it can be quite an isolating career path and you never work in a team unless you reach a point where you're collaborating on retreats or on some kind of yoga school perhaps but it's a very solitary lifestyle or can be so that's just something to think about and I found there was no one offering support for yoga teachers it was kind of like congratulations here's your certificate Mm -hmm. sent out into the world that's a complete jungle this industry absolute jungle to navigate And no one was sharing any advice on how on earth to get work, what's the right amount to be paid. So that's how the Empower program was birthed, by me figuring this out over years of time, putting the puzzle together or working out my own way to do it, which is not how the majority go. I I thought there must be another way. It can't just be this running 20 classes a week all over town, going to every gym, spa, studio, venue that there is earning peanuts people taking advantage of my time I can't afford the food I want that you know rent or you know anything and then I was seeing the opposite end especially over in America they're just you know making huge amounts of money but offering incredible work so I knew there was a way to tap into that abundance within the industry Mm -hmm. as well so it's taken a lot of time but on track now and now I know I have so much of value to share with teachers. So, but you have to be willing to invest and not invest in more training necessarily, but invest in your business, which is an extension of yourself when you're in this line of work.
0: Yes, and that is the the exact same thing with probably every other modality out there. With um, all of our healers and coaches, um, something I've observed as well and experienced myself is. When I first did my coaching certification, then I just wanted to do another certification and another and another and another, but not actually get the support or the experience of really advocating for myself as a coach and selling that service and learning how to market it and speak about it in a way that would my community would really resonate with. And 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 really that was a way of me hiding. It was a way of me delaying, you know, my visibility. And so that is, that's a rule that I, I love to tell everybody in my community as well. If you've got a qualification in something, the next thing you've got to invest in is your business. Like hold off, do like, it's like you've got to, it's like you've almost got to sit on your hands so that you don't go and get another certification in another modality until you've got that business, uh, you've investing in the business and, and learning just how to how, because you, you can't use any of the skills anyway. Like you can't serve the people it, that you want to serve unless you know how to actually communicate to them and that's what being being a business owner is all about. So totally vibe with everything you've just said there.
1: <laughs> you too. I couldn't agree more and it's taken me a long time. It took me a long time to work that out because I think you feel, oh, well, I'll, I'll go and do the 300 300- yoga teacher training now I'll learn more information and somehow magically more clients will come to me because I have this figure of numbers certified by Yoga Alliance on my CV therefore everything will fall into place and it just doesn't work like that so if you are looking to invest in yourself I'll just say it again put that money into your business acumen and skill set and then in time when the money is there and you can take some time, go and learn more of the yoga or your niche offering that you want to dive into. But so important that you're able to sell because selling is service. Yeah. And if you're not able to sell, you're not going to have any audience. You can't be of impact in your line of work. Yeah. so and, and also um, when it comes to
0: making money from a sustainability point of view to support you, then it's very likely that you, well, it's it's kind of like uh, putting more evidence on the case of this is too risky, but it's really just because your energy and attention isn't focused in the right place, which is how do I actually make money as a yoga teacher or as a coach or as a business owner? And we just need to make sure it it all, that's all it is, is just directing our energy and attention into learning that skill set, So it's really simple. I really see it as like, there are so many things that we learn as business owners and in this beautiful space that we're in, and we can all learn how to do absolutely every single thing, like anything that you want to do as a business owner or any service you want to provide, you can learn it. It's just a matter of time and allowing yourself to really enjoy each of those learnings. So when we rush ahead to go to do like the 300-hour yoga, if I was a yoga teacher, I, that, this is exactly where my brain goes, 200 hours, then 300 hours, then like a yin training, then a doula training, then like all the things. I want to be qualified in it all. And, yeah, it's, um, business isn't usually one of the ones that we have on the top of our list, but it's so rewarding when we know how to be successful as business owners.
1: I'd also say on that point because my mind also went in that linear trajectory of this and then this and then this but what I now really try to work within is my yin essence so if anyone isn't sure what I'm talking about in yoga philosophy we have these two energies within us the yin yang Taoist uh Taoist religion really but The yin is the feminine or the lunar, the water side, the gentle side, and the yang is the masculine, solar-powered, fire, action, energy. We need both within us, and we have both within us, but the vast majority of us are working in the yang essence. So I know that I was, throughout all of my career, I felt I had to be quite masculine in the way I lived, and it was all about climbing the corporate ladder, progression, How much money can you make that defines success? Uh, You know, life like a checklist, you know, get the property, get the job, get the promotion, da-da-da-da, do all the things. If we're working like that in the yoga way, it appears the same. It's like clocking up the hours and then this training and that. But the more I've slowed down and done less, said no more, streamlined my offerings so that they are super clear. I do, you know, this one restorative class a week, I run the empower program and have some private clients, and then also passive income on the side, but I'm not convoluting my message with a million things at once and at the same time doing five trainings on the side plus an online course or, or whatever, just, you know, muddying my energy and being too much in the yang essence. It really helps so much to run business in your feminine essence and slow down. Because then the things you do show up for are of such impact. And you can also drive all your amazing students and clients into your one funnel or your one offering. Yeah. So yeah. rather than running five classes a week, I'm always telling my teachers, or often it's like they're coming and telling me they're running 12 a week online, each with maybe you know two, three, four people. I'm like, why don't you just run one and have 30 come to one? Send them all there. And if they want to be there, they will. Plus, you can offer now the replays. So there isn't really an excuse there kind of thing. Or maybe it's different styles of yoga, then they offer some different ones. But just consider that less really is more. And when you simplify, you amplify that one message. So it's super clear. Every time people see, oh, they begin to know Catherine, she runs the Empower program. She teaches restorative yoga. It's amazing how many people can come to you through that way because other people have seen that that's what you do and mm-hmm. send them your way. So less really is more.
0: Absolutely. And that's really hard, actually, like saying no to ourselves because it feels like we're cutting ourselves off in some way. But as you just said, it's to amplify the message and and to you know if we've got fewer things that are scattering our energy it means that we can be excellent at something we we can up level that service we can reach new heights with the way we're able to serve that specific community within that offer and that's incredibly rewarding i always love to think about it with the creative cycle and i really feel there's not many there's not many moments in life that we really allow ourselves to get to that final stage where we where we refine something where we really allow ourselves to go over our work, and it's because of our inability to deal with criticism, especially our own, like the inner critic, and look at our work and say, Okay, this was how I created it once, but perhaps this can get better and better and better. And what have I learned since I last did this, you know, first or second or third or fourth draft, and how can I then? you know, uh, modify things and refine things to become something even better. And, yeah, that's been a big realisation of mine recently as well is just what a gift that is when we create that space by focusing and then allowing ourselves to
1: to reach that part of the creative process. Mm, Absolutely, and I really resonate with that. I love that word, refining, because... Another thing came to mind there on if you already have something that's a good thing, stick with that for a while. Then you have the beauty of refining it. So sometimes I I work with teachers privately a little bit further on than those from the Empower program. So the Empower program is more newly qualified or you've qualified, you've been teaching a while, but you're plateauing somewhere. You're not sure how to up level. And then next stage, I work with teachers already who have a community, they're running retreats, but they're looking to scale in terms of money or move online a bit more. They, they talk about creating the online course, running it once and then turning it evergreen. Mm -hmm. I said, you want to be sticking with that first course. Maybe you're going to do it, you know, 10 times or at least give it a couple of years, a few rounds each year And every time maybe you increase the price point because you are adding more value each time you're adding more of what you've learned. Perhaps there's a few more tutorials on there and you're meeting it out with some real, you know, juicy goodness. But don't rush. Don't don't run before you've walked. So just slowly again, it's that yin essence. It's just slowly and then layer it and make it the absolute like nurture that baby to the point that it can grow and blossom but take time with it and yeah refine it and then when it feels right really right you could put it evergreen and maybe it's time to then develop another course mm. but rather yeah. than creating one course and then oh I've got this other idea because so many teachers are so beautifully creative yeah. but they're not so great with this strategic thinking yeah, which is where I think you or, or me we can step in and help with that it's it's stick with one good thing for a while and yeah. really develop it and then from there yes. turn it to passive income
0: yes yes i love that and that's also how we create financially successful businesses and you know it's hard when you're on that creative um, like hamster wheel where you're just constantly creating new things all of the time it feels really fun at first especially when you're at the start of your business but then you kind of reach a creative burnout where it's like I actually can't keep sustaining this new creation mode and I just want to have more space and I want to do something a bit different and that's where yeah the beautiful refinement part of the process comes in. So yes, this is beautiful. And I love how you tie it into yin essence. Um, It's really something that is, hard for people to understand without experimenting and just playing with these ideas. And so like for anyone who's listening, if you're listening to this and thinking that sounds great, I don't really know how I would just recommend that you just play with it, like play with going slower. If you only could choose one thing in your business to focus on right now, what would that be? And, and just play with it and see what happens because, um, you'll be surprised with just how fulfilling it can still be by focusing your attention.
1: I have a really good tip on that as well. It's something that we speak about a lot, Letitia, and you've helped me a lot with this. But back in the summer a few months ago, or UK summer, I had a goal to only work two hours a day, maximum four hours a day, So usually the morning so that then when it was hot, I could spend the afternoons going out, go to the beach, go surfing, do the things I love. And in my opinion, that's the real richness of life. You're wealthy if you have time. That's my view of wealth. So the way to still make sustainable income with those two hours a day was to focus on the 80%. So what drives 80% of my income? And that's the Empower program. So rather than faffing around with all the admin of so many other little bits and bobs, like trying to sell this passive income course here for, you know, 30 pounds or 60 pounds, or the small money jobs, which are great, and you still need them. But what about if I spent all of that time on discovery calls with potential amazing teachers interested to come into the program, or working on the content for the program, and I found I had my biggest ever income month during the global pandemic this summer by doing two hours of work a day and I was like this is what all of those entrepreneurs were talking about the two-hour work week or you know maybe they were working even less than me but honestly less is more and I couldn't believe it I was blown away but it felt so right and it meant that I said no to so many things you know studios locally saying will you teach an hour class for 20 pounds it's never just an hour, it would be three hours of my day. And I was like, I'm just worth more than that now. And I I didn't have shame or guilt. I didn't necessarily say that. But in my body, it was screaming no. (laughs) And I listened to it. And I knew no, because in that hour or three hours, I could be chatting with a teacher that's going to invest more than a 1000 pounds in my mentoring program. And that is my service. I can be of so much more impact to that teacher across three months than I could be with a one hour, 20 pound yoga class. So just think about how are you spending your time? And can you, if you're a business owner, focus on the 80% So what is bringing in the most money and are you actually putting time into that project or that offering? Because chances are you might not be and you might be focusing all the efforts of your day on driving people to one yoga class that isn't really making you very much. So just something, again, to think about there. Mm. And when you do less, you have more time for the things that you love. And also, I love teaching. Don't get me wrong. But when I show up, I want to be, you know, I want to have eaten good, slept well, have had some fun and, you know, read my book or whatever whereas in the past I would teach so many classes a week they weren't of quality mm-hmm. I was bashing mm-hmm. out the same old sequence I didn't have time to prep it properly I was exhausted myself so it's not the best way at all to show up like that mm-hmm. so again when you when you strip back it's it's gonna work better for yourself and your amazing clients
0: mm-hmm. I love that. And I just love that you've really embodied that recommendation really to focus on the 80% in your business. And you saw results really quickly from doing that. And, you know, this is pretty much my work with most of the people that I work with who are growing, not people who are starting. That's a bit different. It's more exploratory, that part of that phase. But when we're growing, it really is about refining our focus and that not everybody does that. And I understand why, because it's really hard to say no to all of these other things. It's really hard to say no to the people who are asking us to do other things and to have those boundaries. So you spoke about the feeling in your body, which is like, telling you a yes or a no, is there anything else that's really helped you to have um, to keep those boundaries for yourself to be, you know, kind of strict about them so that you
1: can enjoy all of the other things you want in your life? Mm, Well, I'm thinking of restorative yoga and how I teach everyone about healthy boundaries.
2: Mm. And
1: this is something I really work on all the time in myself. It also comes down to our psychology and archetype. So often so many yoga teachers are in the good girl archetype, which is the people pleaser saying yes, not projecting their voice, uh, just kind of backing down and, you know, letting people take too much of their time. Where And the, the opposite archetype to that would be the queen or the badass, depending on how you want to, to name it. But she is uh, very compassionate, but first off to herself first and then to others. It's this idea of filling our cup so that we can give our best self out to everyone else. But the badass has no shame in saying no. She has no fear either because she's so in tune with herself that she, uh, yeah, she just says it as it is. (laughs) So quite an interesting tool you can do is to take a page of your journal and write the good girl on the left badass on the right and what are the what are the two um, ways you might respond to a situation you're facing mm-hmm. so you could think you know which which archetype do I want to embody here so I talked I've talked about that in yoga class and also spoken about The bubble boundary technique, which is uh, by, I think you say her name, Issa Gudiyati, but I may have to check that. Uh, And I think it's called The Heart of the Matter, might be her book, but again, might have to check that one. (laughs) It's about imagining a bubble around you, eight feet to the north, eight feet to the, you know, in eight directions all around your body. And imagining you have this protective layer around you so who are you allowing into your space physically and also what are you allowing into your mind so when you can meditate on that you can think of not allowing certain situations or people or places to steal your time because your time is your true true wealth so If our mind is completely taking over and all of these thoughts and our feelings, we're allowing them to define us, then we've really lost our way. Mm -hmm. So if you can spend time in meditation, learning with a teacher or a guide or, you know, many resources out there of how to become the witness or the observer of thought rather than always wrapped up and engaged in it where the mind is in control of us it's it's so beneficial if you can take that time to try to learn the workings of your mind it's simply a mechanism that emits thoughts but we forget that and we're so wrapped up in wrapped up in those thoughts and that's all they are they are simply thoughts feelings and emotions and i know how hard it is but if you can every day have a practice to watch them or at least set your consciousness back enough that you're able to to see them as they are occurring, then it helps so so much throughout your day, throughout your life, to uh, to consider what reality really is. And in our true state, I believe that we are calm, peaceful, and relaxed beings. But we spend far too much time in that fight or flight sympathetic nervous system. you know the yang the action the doing 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 versus being in that parasympathetic rest and digest state where we're processing as things happen to us so if we're grieving we allow the grief to appear if we're heartbroken we allow ourselves to feel it and trust me that's far harder because most of us want to run away from our feelings yeah so yeah so much food for thought there
0: I love, I love both of those recommendations. That's so awesome. I'm going to do the badass exercise and everybody, I encourage you all to do it too. And then share with us over on stories. Let us know what comes up for you. I think it's going to be really interesting to like actually feel the difference in both of those energies as you, you know, write down what you would say in this example and then versus being the badass, the queen, I yeah you'll be able to feel the energy just in the responses that come up for you and that's going to be really really telling for future scenarios when you're there in the present moment and need to enforce a boundary.
1: Absolutely and you could also expand on that and see when you're going about your day to day which archetype do you fall into and that's a meditation technique in itself because you are catching yourself and witnessing and observing how how am i responding to this right now? someone gives you an offer of something that you know in your heart or your gut "Mm, not really feeling that something doesn't feel right the badass would simply say no thank you but the good girl would want to be like would want to give an excuse why they can't go or they may even worse say yes and go anyway even Mm -hmm. though they know they don't want to so remember you you don't owe it to anyone to people please always be polite And always be compassionate, but it is totally within your right to say, no, thank you, in a nice way. Not with attitude or something. The bad is not necessarily that this attitude-y queen. It's just saying it straight as it is without a need to justify anything. You could also regress back to your inner child and see, you know, how were you raised? Because I think most little girls I can think of were the good girl, the people pleaser. And I remember... So one when I did this exercise would be I always wanted to have sort of crazy beach, two soled, tangled, salty hair. But I was always, you know, told you really need to brush your hair and it needs to look neat and nice and straight. And so, you know, you had to conform in school or do that. But had I had it my way, I would have kind of run around more with that crazy surfy hair, which now I tend to do a bit more, but it is very, that's just a small example there and you can go a lot deeper than that. But have a think about back to your inner child and there's always time to heal that now because you can you nurse can that inner child now the way that you show up in your adult life.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. What I'm really feeling is that um, archetype of the badass is really about abundance and also confidence so that's why it's okay to say no because we know that there is, you know, we're always supported. There's more to come. We're not saying yes from a place of lack. And, um, and then in terms of the confidence, it's really being confident in your own energy, in your own decisions confident as well that, you know, the other person who might be asking you to do something is going to find someone who's a perfect fit and is okay, you know, is okay receiving the no, you know, not taking responsibility for other people's reactions. And um, yeah, so that's uh, both of those energies are even playing with the energy of abundance and the energy of confidence might help to come up with some answers for that exercise too.
1: Mm, definitely and on money as it's such an interesting topic the badass queen has no guilt or shame in making money holding more money because that's the other thing as you grow you have to learn how to hold it the good girl is possibly feels guilty about having a lot of money because of her privilege or she feels scared of it she may not want to know the figure in her bank account Or she believes she has no confidence with it and would rather not look and not really know. And maybe she's a bit rubbish with money, you know, missing deadlines or bills. uh, Just kind of, oh, you know, one day, one day I'll, I'll figure that all out and look into it. Whereas the queen is on top of her finances and understands that money is simply energy and it's there to flow. It's there to move. It's there to be invested. The good girl, the other thing she may do is hoard it save it put it away for a rainy day that was something you know I grew up in that kind of mentality this hoarding Mm. this security this sense of security if you had savings then you're safe whereas I think what I've learned more in you know my business life which is my life is uh invest it because Mm. then it grows that's when the abundance uh comes in prosperity as well and transaction is your transformation so when you pay for something especially high ticket you definitely show up you definitely pay attention if it's a small investment you may miss it you may not show up because it wasn't really that much so that's a big thing I know how much it takes for those joining the empower program to make that first business investment it's huge and I don't take that lightly It's such an honor to work with those teachers because I know, having gone through it myself, what it takes to put yourself through that. Mm. And your nervous system is like, I can't believe I'm doing this. But it's that trust and that commitment to yourself and knowing that when you pay, yes, you're paying me, but really you're paying yourself because you make back what you invest so many times over. That's the way business works. That's how you scale and grow is through investment. So when you when you pay, it's actually a huge yes to yourself, huge no to no longer living the way you were before. And already you've put that yes out into the universe, your vibration changes, you may start seeing things differently. Things start to shift the second you make that decision for yourself. I've witnessed that myself.
0: Yeah. And me too. You know, I, this is what I love. If I'm on a call with someone, I love to just let them know about that. You know, the moment that you commit, you're going to see the up-leveling immediately before we've even started together. And it's actually incredible. Uh, some of, I've been enrolling some people into the mistress mind for 2021 and even me observing their energy in between, like this was from like September or something. We're not starting until January. Observing the way that these women are showing up already simply because they've made that investment. It's huge and I do it as well. I always invest in my business. I have from day one and it's why I've got the business I have today. And I say that all the time to everyone. Honestly, there's one thing you can do. It is to make the investments because it is an investment in yourself and energetically it really sends out this very clear commitment to the universe that, hey, I'm worth it and I'm committed to this and you receive as a result of that, which is really, really cool.
1: It's so exciting as well, so, so exciting. It is exciting and those nerves that you feel,
0: is a great thing when you're investing in something it's you know we're scared of our up leveling we're gonna things are gonna change and we know that and it's scary
1: but what's great when you put it in these things is you get then that high vibe high level community around you for support which is what i that's the main investment piece for me is that i never had that i was qualified and then lonely and isolated in the yoga world not having a clue whereas now when I join these um, business groups or masterminds or online courses, I'm with a group of other people going on the same journey, each in their different field. But you have someone to hold you accountable, you have someone to bounce your ideas off of, boost your creativity. It's just amazing. So I always make sure that I'm within some kind of mentorship myself or I I feel I feel very strongly on that that as a mentor myself I must also have a mentor
2: yeah. or
1: have a coach because mm-hmm. we're all learning from each other and I want to continue growing as well so think about yeah. that think about the community and if you're a yoga teacher out there definitely don't go to a, another yoga teacher who is broke and struggling for their advice because you need to look beyond that and go to the ones who are thriving. See what they're doing. How are they showing up? And then talk to them. They'll be very happy to share with you. And maybe they've worked with an amazing mentor themselves or a coach, or they might want to one-on-one mentor you or get yourself in a program like the Empower program and give it a shot. And chances are you'll see that Well, I feel very strongly you'll make it back 10 times over from the information you've learned and you'll feel amazing throughout the three months that you're doing it Mm because these are, you know, they're long offerings. So it's like when you say yes, it's not like just for a weekend retreat, which Mm -hmm. would cost far less money. It's for a whole period of a a certain amount of time in a year Mm -hmm. to be held and supported and bolstered.
0: Yes. Yes. Cause that space is held for you as the person signing up. Like that's, that's the biggest thing we're doing as mentors and coaches. We're opening a space for our, uh, for the members and we're holding that space throughout the whole journey. And that is a responsibility and it's, and it's a space for you each time, each time you've got a call, you remember what you signed up for. You remember the vision. It taps you back into that vision, even though, you know, life is busy and we get distracted and you sort of get swept up in the day-to-days, but then there's that space that's for you periodically to come back to and to remember. Okay, Catherine. So I would love to know, actually, I'm quite curious of this myself and I feel like Um, anyone who's a yoga teacher might, I think it would be so valuable for them to hear you speak on this topic. Um, just, you mentioned before about yoga studios and some of the issues when you can, when you start at a yoga studio, trying to find work. And I've observed some really close friends of mine. I've supported clients who have gone through this. You are someone on the inside and know it, you know, know it very intimately, uh, what are some of the problem areas that can come up for people within studios? i just love them to be aware of what they are so they know that, hey, actually I could um, navigate this in a more empowered way than what I might see other
1: people doing. Sure. So two things come to mind immediately. The first one would be that the energy around it is often this sense of the studio saying to you, do you know how lucky you are to work for us? It's that attitude that you are so damn lucky to have had a foot in the door with us. And rather than the value being placed on the teacher, who is the one with the skill set and a lot of value to offer,
2: Mm.
1: them being able to feel empowered that actually you are extremely lucky to have me, especially as a new teacher. The new teacher is suffering from the self-doubt, the lack mentality, the fear. It's like, I'll say yes to anything and I'll go anywhere. So there's that issue. And then often I feel when you do get into the studio and you're feeling, oh, I'm so lucky to have got in, you are then often told what playlist you have to use or this sequence must be taught or it it kills your creativity or it clips your wings would be a way of saying it. It's incredible. Don't get me wrong for meeting clients connection in the room. I'm not so keen on the word exposure because I often think that's used instead of paying you money, but you do obviously get exposure because you have a chance to meet clients. But what the studio forgets is often those clients are then coming back for the teacher. (laughs) They're not coming for the studio So the studio seems to always hold the power. It's also a completely unregulated system, as far as I know, at least in the UK and where I was working. So there's often no contract in place, which actually isn't good either side. So my background is as a lawyer. So it isn't great for the studio or for the teacher. Maybe I haven't worked in studios now for a couple of years other than renting a space. So I'm completely independent and I don't work under any other body. That's just my personal choice. But when I did work in studios, there was absolutely no contract in place, but they would say things like you are not allowed to teach at the same time within a two-mile radius or a five-mile radius, which is absolutely appalling, yeah. unreasonable, and not, it's in no way uh, enforceable either But imagine a new yoga teacher, they feel that they can't go anywhere, they can't rent out then the local village hall or wherever it may be because they'd be competing with the studio. So I try not to think of competition as I don't don't really believe in competition I just think that everyone has a yoga teacher that's right for them or Mm. it's actually important not to want to be everyone's cup of yoga chai or everyone's cup of tea (laughs) it's important to it's really important as a teacher to be clear on who you are as a teacher and who are your clients that you wish to work with Mm. so I wish to work with yoga teachers who are really excited to invest scale their business I want to work with yogis who are really keen to give themselves the restorative yoga as well as doing some kick-ass sweaty vinyasa they mm. they need that balance in their lives and they see the value and stillness and slowing down and good sleep all the amazing things so it would definitely be that sense of studios being unregulated
2: mm. and
1: sort of no contracts not paying you fairly or well and then, when you're at the studio, your creativity being killed because you've been—it's been pushed on you. How lucky you are to be there!
2: Mm. And then,
1: even when you get in the studio, there's things like how—well, how do you get the good time slot? How do you get the prime time Saturday morning or Sunday evening class versus middle of the day on a? Although actually, lunch break time could be good, but. You see what I mean? There's then once you're in, there's this hierarchy of teachers as well, or the senior teachers being paid more, or the male teachers being paid more. There's a gender pay gap in the yoga industry. Just want to put that out there because most people don't know that. They want men in their studios because they think it draws in more guys. They are paid more than female teachers. It's absolutely mm-hmm. appalling. So there's, there's so much brokenness in the industry. It's so un-yogi on so many levels and I suffered a lot of bullying a lot of abuse and so much of that darkness is now light by the Empower program because if I hadn't have gone through these difficult challenges my online program wouldn't have been birthed and I wouldn't have so much of value to share with the yoga community I wouldn't be running my VIP yoga community giving you know teachers the chance to share their work I've never heard of another place where teachers can freely promote their services Mm. anywhere if anything it was teachers shutting down not sharing their tricks of the trade I say in uh abbreviation but yeah it was people with such lack mentality thinking that clients belong to them which is ridiculous because clients are free to go wherever they wish and, you know, yoga teachers at war with each other in different studios, jealousy, or just, you know, really, really low vibe, low level stuff coming up. Mm. So much there. Yeah,
0: that's, I, and I've really felt that energy before and also heard the behind the scenes. So I'm aware of it, but I, the the word that came up for me was that it's a clear power imbalance, first off, as, for a yoga teacher, and then that culture creates competition between each other, and and this reminds me of uh, working in law actually as well. Uh, when we went through a, a bit of an economic recession, going through, um, the firms went through a lot of um, difficult financial difficulty, and working during that time, I. People, um, the the lawyers working in the same team would turn against one another because they were afraid of losing their jobs, and and I went through a horrible situation with because of all of that and um, with the culture, and that's exactly what's happening in yoga studios when people are afraid that they're not going to be able to have you know their income, and um, yeah, it's just it's it's designed to put each other against one another, and that's not a great culture to be in at all. So I guess as someone who is new um, to that space, it's really about recognising that you don't have to put up with that sort of behaviour and I guess really knowing your boundaries, knowing that you're worth it as well and and really um, learning about being in that abundance mindset is super important.
2: Hmm.
1: And I would say, as a new yoga teacher, if you are keen to work in a studio, that's amazing, but shop around. So, if there's one that you loved yourself, perhaps as a student, you love the vibe there, that might be a good sign that it's one to go to. But there is often this grieving process where it changes how you see things when you go from being a student to the teacher. So, often you may then work in that studio, let's say, but it it changes how it was for you as a student, because you're then seeing it from literally the other angle, bring it front of the room, but also under the skin of the actual business. So just be aware of that. And go for it. If there is a, you know, higher commercial studio, there are definitely ways to, to get in as a new teacher, you might offer karma classes for charity to start with, you may ask to be a senior teacher's helper or assistant within the studio, and then you know if we get back to that studio culture, and then you, you can spray down the mats and that kind of thing between classes. But be willing to to walk before you run again, and start from the ground up and give it a go. But make sure that they honour your value as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, check that the money feels right in your body, and we do start at the beginning, like in any career. But you don't also have to take, it's it's that yoga saying, do no harm, but take no shit as well. <laughs> take care of yourself. And if you feel that the community that go there is your kind of, you know, yoga community, your ideal clients, then that that could be a really beautiful place to start. But mm-hmm. consider running your own thing and being different to the crowd. You don't have to do it every other way. I know some teachers who only ever taught themselves and rented venues and their own spaces, Um, it is all possible. But a lot of it comes down to that self-worth, self-belief piece, and that's where mentorship can really support you Mm
2: -hmm. in that
1: area.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for this conversation, Catherine. This is so value-laden for all of our listeners, and it doesn't just apply to yoga teachers, also to... Lots of different um, modalities and um, coaches and I'm thinking Pilates teachers and healers, you know, these are the same issues that come up across the board. And so it's really beautiful to hear what you've learned along your business journey and how all of those challenges have supported you to be of service to your community in a more and even more impactful way. And I think that
1: that in and of itself is really expansive for people to hear. Thank you. Thank you, Letitia. Yeah. It's a pleasure. I just had a thought of one final thing to say on that last When you are, you know, looking around for where to go, also when you're looking to your expanders, remember that their journey and their story is their own and don't compare your day one to their year 10 or their year five. So look to them as where you wish to be in time. So I'm speaking to you now five years in, and I, I have worked through things fairly quickly. But I'm also massively slowing down now, and doing less but a bigger impact. But when I think back to my day one, I always had a perspective of, I'm on the path and enjoy the journey as you go. So don't, don't wish for the end goal to happen now or, or better, don't even have a goal and be open. Mm. Be open so that you can receive. And it's always going to be a weird and wonderful winding path anyway. Yep. So try to enjoy the ride.
0: Yeah, enjoy that unknown and allow yourself to be surprised and go to places you never, ever could have expected or planned.
1: Mm, and fall in love with the failure as well. So if you fail, love it because that's your biggest success. So so much darkness happened to me, but the empower program was born. So I'm in love with those failings. And there were many, and there will continue to be many more, but failure is, I believe your biggest success. So just remember that as well.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Perfection isn't going to get you the learning that's going to help you to grow and expand. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, Catherine. Okay, I've got one last question. I would love to know, as one of our amazing Mistress Mind members of 2020, I would love to know a little bit about um, either your top moment or one of your top lessons. I know you've spoken about the 80%, which I thought was like a massive highlight and I absolutely loved. But is there anything else you wanted to share about either a top moment or a top lesson along the Mistress Mind journey?
1: Oh, so many. I think ultimately I've loved having that container of space Mm -hmm. for a long period of time. So a huge investment for me, as I said, was the community aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing women from all over the world to check in with every couple of weeks. But even more than that, we're always in touch the whole time. But I'm the kind of person that needs a constant drip feed of positivity and (laughs) It's like what I said, you're not going to seek advice from someone who's struggling or broke or in the same field that has no idea where you're going. Whereas this was the chance to be with, I think it's, is it 10 other women we were? Something like that. You know, an intimate group, but still big enough that there's many different characters in there who expand your mindset. They understand what you're about, where you're going. So it's being with like-minded souls who want to work in business consciously and mm. genuinely want to be of service, but at the same time, make what they know that they're worth. Mm. So it's that abundance piece, that prosperity piece, because we understand that when our needs are met and we have that soft landing, we show up better and give more mm. valuable service to everyone else. So it's getting the balance right. So I'd say it's it's been... The whole moment of the whole time, and just knowing that I had a community of support around me, and I hope will continue on, I'm sure it will in some capacity. So, yeah, it's been community and support, Mm. and then also guidance of you know, each two weeks, what are we focusing on? What's the 80%, or what's showing up? What am I struggling with? And being able to share that in an open space, share from our personal lives, share in our business what's happening and you know having that space all digitally but it you know you really feel it still in your heart Mm. so it's been amazing thank you Leticia
0: My absolute pleasure. And thank you so much, Catherine, for being a part of the Mistress Mind. As I always love to remind everyone, it's not the space it is without the people who are in it. And it's something that we're co-creating together. And it's been such an honor for me to support you. You are absolutely magnificent and you are an incredible teacher. And mentor and coach as well. And I have just loved watching you continue to grow and expand and also learning from you. And that's what I love. It's just so abundant for me as a space holder, as it is for you to be around these incredible women like that also up levels you as the space holder too. And you have been a huge part of that. And so I just want to say a really, really big thank you.
1: Oh, thank you so much. That means the world. And right back at you, Leticia. (laughs) Thank you for everything. I'm so glad that we found each other through my dear friend, Mel. So thank you for introducing us, Mel. I'm sure you're listening. And yeah, thank you for this time together.
0: Pleasure. Okay, Catherine, final question is just where can
1: people connect with you? sure so I'm at yoga with Catherine on Instagram Catherine with a C my website goes by the same name yoga with Catherine.com and all of my information is on there so if you want to practice with me live or on demand come on a retreat hopefully fingers crossed in 2021 I'm running retreats in Ibiza Spain and North Devon in the UK Mm -hmm. And the Empower program details are all on my website as well. So it would be amazing to connect with you, dear yogis. And, yes, thank you so much for everything today, Letitia.
0: Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Catherine. And I have to go to one of your retreats. It's on my list as soon as I'm oh,
1: <laughs> I think the goddess one in be is for you. Okay. All right.
0: All right. I've got that on my list. <laughs> thank you, Catherine. So there you have it, my beautiful friends. I hope you enjoyed this amazing conversation with Catherine. And once again, a big thank you to Catherine for coming on and sharing her time, energy, and wisdom with us all. I had so much fun recording this episode and it's just so beautiful to see Catherine really embodying everything that we've been exploring together this year in the holistic business, Mistress Mind. So I highly recommend that everybody really thinks about this yin essence concept that Catherine was talking about. I like to call this our feminine essence, as you've all probably heard me talk about before. Really allowing ourselves to open up more, to do less, to create space, to focus. And that's what refinement really offers us, which is a concept I also speak about called entrepreneurial maturity. It's what happens when we move from starting to growing our business. We mature and we do that through our refinement. So if you're someone who feels like your energy is scattered, like you're doing all of the things, that's a very popular term that I hear from my clients. And you're not creating the impact and the results at the scale that you want, then it's likely that you're ready to really move into that entrepreneurial maturity and refinement process too. It's one that we all have to go through as business owners. And it's a beautiful indication if that is something that you feel you're being called to do, that you're ready for more in your beautiful business too. I also really appreciate Catherine's badass exercise, and I'm really excited to play around with this myself. And I also wanted to say that the conversation we've had about investing in our businesses is one that, once again, I really would just love all of you to really see that when you invest in your business, it is an investment in you as well. And when we invest in our business, it's us taking our business seriously, saying that not only is our business worth it, but we are worth it. And that means not only the support and the vision, but also having fun with that community Catherine was talking about along the way. So when you invest from the moment you make that decision, things start to happen. You start to expand. And it's so beautiful when my clients, they sign up to work with me. I always hear their stories because I always let them know the up-leveling begins right now. And I love hearing their stories about what comes in from the moment they say yes, because it's not saying yes to me. It's saying yes to yourself which is a really beautiful thing. We need to say yes more to ourselves. So everybody, make sure you take a screenshot of you listening to this episode now. Tag both Catherine and I over on Instagram. You can find me at Letitia Ringe and you can find Catherine at yoga.with.catherine. And, and let us know what realizations you've had listening to this episode. And then final announcement for you all, as mentioned at the top of this episode, if you are interested in being a member in our 2021 Holistic Business Mistress Mind crew as well, I invite you to make sure you've got your name on the wait list over at latisharange.com forward slash mistress mind. And make sure you also check out our next episode because I will be sharing More details about who the mistress mind is for and how to apply to join us. All right, my beautiful friends, I'll leave it here. I hope you all have a beautiful day and I'll see you in our next episode. Hey, if you're ready to create your very own purpose-driven business too, I invite you to check out my online program, Create Your Beautiful Biz you'll learn how to create a business that allows you to make your difference and thrive. Just head over to www.letisharange.com forward slash CYBB. Let's make creating a business beautiful. I'll see you there.